right. Hello, and welcome to the Accepted Podcast, a college admissions podcast for the savvy student. My name is Tyler Kusunoki. I am an admissions officer working out of Tokyo with students from all over the world. And today is going to be an interesting one because today we are on a bit of a road trip.、Um, as I mentioned on my last episode, I was heading to the U.S. to、uh, tour a bunch of schools, meet with a bunch of admissions officers, and kind of gather a lot of the intel that hopefully will serve. My students and all of you、uh, better. And so I am a little bit close to halfway through that trip right now.、Um, we are in California. And so just wanted to take a little quick bit to give you guys an update on some things that I've observed, some trends that I've seen. Obviously, all of this will be properly digested and、uh, delivered all of you to, to all of you a little bit later once I've finished my trip.、Um, but before we get started, just wanted to、uh, shout out all the students who are going through APs right now,、uh, wishing you all the best of luck.、Um, I know that APs.、Um, Can seem like a daunting,、uh, overwhelming thing, especially as sort of a culmination of these past. This past year of study, of learning, and all of those things. So, wishing you all all the best on those.、Um, you all, you've got this. All right. Okay. So,、um, just to quickly review where I've been so far in the past、uh, couple days, or in the past three or four days, I've been in LA and in San Francisco.、Um, and so, I have had some time to see obviously, obviously some of the big schools like UCLA, UC Berkeley,、um, Stanford, of course, was on that list, as well as kind of the Claremont colleges, as well as a few. Um, uh, other colleges that are in California near, near LA, like Occidental and Loyola Marymount,、um, to name a few.、Um, and in each of those cases, I've been able to meet with either students or admissions officers or both,、uh, just to get a chance to interview them, talk to them, get a better sense of what their experience is like, what they are expecting for the upcoming round of applications, what they, just, what they noticed this past year、uh, in terms of applications as well. And so just wanted to share some of that with you and some of the general trends. Um, that we're seeing, right, is、uh, kind of what I mentioned before, right, that there is a really big focus on、um, kind of. In terms of the extracurricular narrative, one of the big things that we are continuing to notice is what I brought up before in terms of that mango with the chili powder, right? Is that there are so, so, so many applicants that colleges are really looking for you to put a little bit of a twist on a standard thing. And so,、um, the, and, uh, and this is something that I've noticed just coming back to America in terms of the food variety coming from Japan.、Um, there is,、uh, everything's great, but a lot of things are fairly traditionally made. And there's not anything that different, tends to differentiate itself all that much.、Um, but I was in LA、um, and meeting with a,、uh, a few of my uh, former uh, Carlton uh, friends. And not former friends, they're still my friends, but、um, people that I, as,、uh, classmates from college, and we went to this place and they were serving, you know, just a lot of good food and they were serving fries.、Um, but what they had put on the fries was instead of your normal salt and pepper or even your Cajun spice or anything like that,、um, they put lemon pepper, right? And、um, it was just like a simple switch, but it was one of those things that made me perk up and go, ooh, that's a combination I hadn't really seen before. Obviously, they were delicious, but、um, it kind of, Brings me back to as we continue to turn all of college admissions into food analogies, right? Just this idea that、um, you want to be thinking about do the thing that you are already doing, but what is it? What twists can you add? What spice can you add? What small differentiator you can you add to that application, to that thing that you're doing to make it more distinct? Um, and talking with admissions officers, they were saying, you know, that's kind of really what、um, has helped. Um, kind of make, make a student stand out to them、um, is students who are kind of 
doing things that a lot of other students are doing in terms of community work or um, pursuing independent research or a lot of these things, but all of them have a personal narrative, a personal story. Uh, one of the stories that I heard uh, from Pomona was actually about a student who was accepted from Japan and accepted from a um, from a school uh, from a uh, from a school in Hiroshima right? and took a very interesting approach to kind of planting a memory garden um, that was aligned with um, the narratives of the survivors. And, and it was just one of those independent projects that showed her own thoughtfulness and showed her commitment to the community that she was in. And um, she was able to write about that in her essays and was able to kind of demonstrate that here's this thing that I really cared about um, and I chose to pursue it in a way that um, was uniquely my own. So um, that's one piece um, is to really just uh, to really emphasize again that there is going to be um, a lot Whatever you think you are doing, the reality is that many other students are doing the same. And so what's going to really help your what help you stand out is to think locally, right? Is what does this what does this thing that I want to explore, whether that be independent research or community service or your own hobby, right? What does this look like if I expanded it to just my immediate community? Right? How can I use this thing that I care about to help my community my immediate community? Um, and, and that becomes one of these pieces that college admissions officers who are reading through countless, um, reading through countless admissions essays and portfolios and recommendation letters are really, um, trying to look for is that, that little, that little additional piece and how to go about pursuing that additional piece is obviously something that, uh, you and I can talk about. We can meet up and talk about. It's one of my favorite things to do is to help students kind of brainstorm and identify just all the possibilities of that interesting thing they're doing that they may not necessarily give it the credit that it deserves in terms of what possibly could be done with it. Um, so that was one piece. Uh, the other piece that I think um, reflects something that I shared probably in one of my first podcasts, right, was a prediction, and it was good to see that verified, um, is that a lot of these schools are, are starting to um, introduce optional interviews, right? A lot of these schools, a lot of uh, schools, top tier schools, a lot of a lot of schools are starting to introduce optional interviews as part of their application process. But every tour, everything that I went on uh, made very clear that optional is it, this definitely falls into the it's optional, but it's like highly encouraged um, sort of status as far as um, as as these interviews go. And so, um, and these actually don't you don't need to wait until the application season to begin with them, right? These interviews do open up um, over the summer for a lot of schools. Uh, their interview options open up during the summer, and so it's something that I would encourage you all for the schools that you are interested in to start looking into um, because they. they they are offered on a first-come, first-served basis. When it comes time to um, try to do an interview during the application cycle, it may already be full, right? Um, and so it, it's best to get on those early also because it gives you a deadline for your school research, all right? Knowing that you're going to have to talk to an admissions officer mid-June means you can't wait till July to research Pomona or to research uh, Claremont McKenna. You need to start early, right? Or and and that can also be a thing as far as motivation as part as far as setting us up a couple goals and setting some expectations for things to get done um, that can be another way of making sure um, that you are accomplishing everything that you need to
If you're interested in learning more about the complex world of college admissions or would love to connect more with college admissions officers from around the world, Tokyo Academics has you covered. We are regularly hosting seminars and events that range from college essay workshops to panels with current students at top schools to small group conversations with admissions officers. For more information, please visit tokyoacademics.com slash events. That's tokyoacademics.com slash events. Those are just a couple little bits. Um, I have a lot more um, that I want to share, but I do want to take some time to process. Um, just know that there are... Um, but one of the things that I think has been most clear um, above everything else um, is that once you are kind of above the top 75-ish, right, in terms of ranking, all of these schools are really good schools with really cool options, really interesting opportunities um, that are unique to them. But what you need to do as a student, right, or you can lean on us and we can help you with, is to find what those things are and determine whether or not those are the things that you want. And so um, I will wrap up today with just um, a couple examples of what I gained from my time at Occidental. And so Occidental, um, it is, in terms of the U.S. news rankings, it covers between like 49 and 50. Um, they are in L.A., um, very, very close to Pasadena, and, um, and they are a smaller liberal arts-focused school. Right. Um, but one of the a couple things that I learned about them while I was there and meeting with admissions officers and listening to them talk about, uh, one of the main things was their partnership with the U.N., so as a liberal arts school, they are the only liberal arts school to have a working guaranteed partnership, essentially, with the United Nations. And so you do still need to apply. It is very competitive. Only 14 or 15 students get in. Um, but if you are able to successfully into this particular program, but if you are able to get in, it does pretty much guarantee you the opportunity to engage in very interesting, unique research um, with the United Nations. You will present to um, you will present to members of the United Nations your findings, um, and some of that research will go on to influence decisions, to conversations that are being had. The example that um, the student that I was meeting with gave me was um, her friend uh, was able to gain access to the program and was admitted to the program. And what he did was he looked over years and years of data um, and did a lot. And he was kind of more interested in the statistics and the data science field, not really necessarily interested in international relations. But he was able to work with the UN and pour over years of data to determine the exact cost to a nation's economy of a single refugee, right? And so looking across socioeconomic data, right, impact, right, all of those different things, he basically accumulated all of that and was able to figure out um, the per-person cost to in a specific country of a single refugee. And this has huge implications in terms of the um, budget given to uh, refugees assistance, right? Um, and influencing immigration policy, right? All of those asylum, all of those different things. It has, it is data that is going to be used. And so he is going to leave with this, with this amazing experience, a couple pretty solid rec letters and meaningful United Nations work on his belt before he's even graduated. Right? 
And so that's for, and, and that's open to anyone, right? You don't have to be an IR major to apply. This is just one of those things that Occidental said, we've got this unique partnership. Let's utilize it and give our students, our undergraduate students, not graduate students, give our undergraduate students an opportunity to work, right? Um, another example is they are, um, Occidental is in a zone that it costs less to produce films or produce uh, TV um, there. So they their campus is often utilized for a lot of filming projects. So CSI, uh, The Good Place, a lot of these uh, movies and, and TV shows are filmed on campus. Um, however, Occidental are, is aware of this, and they, in their contract with these production studios, uh, their contract requires that if you are going to film on campus, if you're going to film on our premises, you are required to hire two of our students in the media studies division to work with you, right, um, and to give them an opportunity to gain hands-on experience with the production. And the kids don't need to travel anywhere; they're right there. Um, it's right on campus. And so, again. Right? A dedication of resources and a thoughtfulness towards who these students need to be by the time they graduate. Um, that is um, pretty clear. And a lot of schools are pivoting more in this direction. And that is another part of the reason why I am going on these, on these tours is to find out what colleges are doing to prepare kids for a world of work that is very, very, very different than it was even three, four years ago? And are these are colleges making pivots? Which colleges are making pivots? Um, and which ones are going to be ready to equip our students, right? Uh, your children, or if you're a student, equip you to exit into a world uh, ready to go. So um, that has been my focus and will continue to be. Um, I leave from here to the Midwest, um, and then after that, we'll be swinging up through the East Coast. So I'll be um, visiting a few more schools. And again, um, as I get more information, I will be collecting all of that to share kind of more fully when I've processed it and seen a lot of things, um, but, and, and to, to kind of give more solid recommendations. But just as an update, right, um, get started with your research. Take some time to look into schools. Reach out to admissions officers. Reach out to um, you know students, your senpai, right? So kids who are at these schools, or reach out to the admissions officer and ask to be put in touch with a student. Take the virtual tours. You don't have to pay attention to all of it, right? But um, but within that kind of deluge of information is going to be information that is useful to you to help you figure out what are the opportunities that I want, right? And one final thing about Occidental, and again, I'm, I'm not like clear, I'm definitely not sponsored by Occidental, but I just found that this was an example of a school that really stood out as um, it's not a school that a lot of people think of when it comes to a university that is really putting a ton of their resources behind giving the students meaningful experiences. Um, but for those of you who are interested in engineering, Right. Occidental has a 3-2 partnership with Caltech, right? basically the MIT of the West. And you can study three years at Occidental. And as long as you maintain a certain GPA average, are pretty much guaranteed to graduate with a bachelor's of whatever you choose from Occidental and then a bachelor's of engineering from Caltech, right? which is impossible to get into normally. right? And so pathways, right? The it's not always the straight and narrow. I got 1600 on my SATs, I did all of these things, right? The world is wide, the selections there, the options are variable, right? And, um, and take some time now as school finishes, right? 
to use part of the summer, especially if you're a rising senior, you kind of have to. But even if you're a rising junior, start looking into schools, start researching, start reaching out, start connecting, start figuring out what is the experience that you are going to want. Um, because um, not all colleges are built the same. All the Ivy Leagues are very different. And so um, how you decide and where you decide to go is going to come down to all a lot of other factors beyond just, is this a cool name to have on my resume? Okay. So just a quick update there. Um, I will be providing more as I continue my travels. All right. So thanks for listening to the Accepted Podcast. Again, my name is Tyler Kusunoki. We hope you enjoyed today's topic on just an update of where I've been and what I've been up to. Uh, join us next week for more on the complex world of college admissions. If you like what you're hearing and want to support us, uh, be sure to leave us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your platform of choice. Comments actually also super helpful. Um, I really want to make sure that the content that I'm putting together and putting out there is meaningful and useful to all of you as you are making difficult, uh, often overwhelming decisions. All right, please do also follow us and hit the bell icon for notifications to stay up to date, um, especially now as I'm touring and as more information about the upcoming admission cycle is coming into clearer view. Um, there will be kind of quick updates here and there that may be useful. And so um, please do uh, hit that bell so you can stay up to date. We also do host uh, events both in person and online. Um, coming up, upcoming in June, I will be hosting an essay workshop to just really break down what you got to do uh, to get those essays started. Right. So all of you rising seniors, um, stay tuned to this space. Be sure to check it out. Um, and if you're into, interested in attending those, right, uh, of that info session or any of the other info sessions that I have coming up, um, please do check us out at tokyoacademics.com slash events. That is tokyoacademics.com slash events. Okay. And that's it for today. Uh, and remember, the key to getting in is getting ready. Thank you.